Welcome to the after show as we explore the message behind the message. Hey, wherever you're watching, we want you to like and subscribe, uh, comment. We want to connect with you. Um, I'm Pastor Jeremiah, and today I am here with the legendary, one and only, <laughs> Pastor Marty. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank God for youth pastors. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, I'm so excited to be uh, with you today, and I'm honored. Um, this weekend, we had an amazing uh, time. We had great word. We had great worship. But we also got the chance to pay tribute to Martin Luther King. Um, I was excited because I got the opportunity to play a little piece in that um, and give part of the I Have a Dream speech. Um, and I was honored to do that. Um, but I wanted to start off our podcast today by asking you, how has the life and legacy of Martin Luther King impacted you in your life? So many angles I could take. I would yeah. just I would stick to, I think, what was the central message of his life from my perspective and that is just the idea of complete human equality yeah. uh, based upon the Scripture. And mm. so I believe that what was driving him was not uh, a social agenda, but a scriptural agenda. Wow. And so you know, him being a, a minister of the gospel, him being a preacher of the word, and um, even in his letters, which I read on Sunday, a portion of from Birmingham jail, yeah. he talked about unjust laws versus just laws. And he said that just laws, they square with the word of God. Yeah. And unjust laws do not. And so when yeah. I think about his life, and I'm definitely an advocate for the same, and that is the idea that uh, we are all equally made in the image of God. And yeah. I, I could not yell that louder, could not say it clearer, and I completely stand with the idea and the function and practice of complete, total human equality. And wow. so Jesus, uh, Jesus to me was the ultimate, ultimate candidate for human equality. Yeah. He died for mankind. He died for the world. And so when I think about the cross, I think about the life of Christ. Mm. Uh, Jesus transcended all the racial barriers of his day. He did. Um, you know, we're very much caught up in racism today from, you know, black and white, brown and white, yep. you know, different uh, ethnicities. But Jesus dealt with the Jew-Gentile conversation, yep. which we probably don't grasp that to what degree it was uh, an issue. But uh, it was significant. I would right. even argue that maybe more so than our world today on racism. Exactly. So uh, Jesus tackled that, and mm. uh, Paul tackled that hard in his letters. So I think that uh, Dr. King's message of human equality is a call for the church. And I think wow. the church has got to move this conversation back into the Scripture, get it out of the other arenas, and mm. come back to the fact that in the image of God, God designed us in the image of God, we are sick, we are the same. Wow! And that uh, when you look at ethnicity, you look at gender, you look at all those things. What you're talking about is the diversity of God Himself. God is so vast, yeah, and He's so beautiful. He cannot be contained to one color or to one wow. gender. And so we have male, female. We have all the different nations, all the different dialects, and all the beauty of creation. So. Man. That to me is uh, what I would say about his life that's always hit hard with me, and I and I resonate with that, and I want to be supportive of that, and I feel called to as a pastor. I, I feel Man. called to be a, I'm a white guy, yeah. and, and I feel called to, in case you didn't know that, I mean, in case you were confused. <laughs> I couldn't tell. I, I, couldn't I tell. feel compelled to uh, to speak for justice for, for mankind, and yeah. I feel compelled to do that as a pastor, as a person, and um, I think that that's the call of the church, is to be uh, advocates for and not indifferent to. Ironically, um, he talked about this in his letter, which is what prompted my sermon this weekend. Yes. He discussed the idea that the, the lukewarm person was the yep. hard one to deal with. Yep. Um, you know, in his exact words were, he said, the white moderate, the, the moderate, the one that 
concurs with my cause, yeah. but is waiting for a more convenient time. Convenient time, yeah. And you think about those words, and of course, that was uh, 60 years ago, roughly. I'm using just round numbers. Yeah. And we're still waiting for a convenient time. And we think wow. about the church today and the idea of the lukewarm church. And often I think the church is waiting for a more convenient time. It is. And today's the time. Now's the time. Yes. It's time to stand up for all these things, for yeah. for the body of Christ, for human equality. Wow. And to see that be a central part of who we are. Yeah. And this message this weekend was, it's time for revival. Yep. And you started your message off by quoting uh, Martin Luther King. I have it here. Um, and it said, lukewarm acceptance is more bewildering than outright rejection. Yep. Um, and you focus on that word that you just said, lukewarm. Um, and that takes us to Revelation 3, when you're talking to Revelation 3 of the church that was complacent um, because they were so unaware of their desperate need for mm -hmm. God because they felt like everything was, was fine. Um, and I want to ask you, um, why is the church so complacent? Why do you think it's so complacent and just so stagnant in this generation? Well, I think um, I think if you're not hot, if you're not burning, you're smoldering. So you've seen you know you've seen a fire, wow. uh, you've seen a, you know campfire, you've seen a fire in a barbecue pit, and yeah. you go from the burning phase to the smoldering phase. And I think that the church has moved away from burning uh, for the things of God. I think we've moved to a smoldering phase, which there's enough smoke to say that there was once fire there. Yep. There's enough there to show the remnants that was there. And when I talk about church, I'm, I'm not talking about, um, I'm talking about me. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about uh, people. I'm talking about myself. And I think mm. when you mention the word church, it's easy to get lost in, you know, those people. It is. Well, the question is, where's my revival status? What's, what's my heart toward the Lord? Wow. I, I saw somebody uh, this past, uh, about two weeks ago, they posted on their, on their social page. They said, you know, that the church had swapped out. Uh, the Great Commission for Politics. And I just want to come back and go, have you seen your page? <laughs> because your page would uh, support that position. Yeah. Because you've talked for a whole year about politics, but not one time about Jesus. Mm. And so it's interesting how when we say the church, we tend to throw a ball over the fence. To someone and we else. talk about those people over there. Mm. Well, it's me. It's not somebody else. It's not a different church. It's this church. It's not a different person. It's me. Wow. And so when you put yourself in that position, so I think that I think we have begun to disassociate uh, in general what it means to to be on fire for God. Mm. And we're waiting for someone else to, to do this outside of ourselves. Yeah. Um, I think back on on Moses, the deliverer of, 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 of Israel out of Egypt. Mm. He kept waiting for God to move and to God to deliver his people. And then God said, okay, you're going to go. And Moses is like, well, not me. I want somebody else <laughs> somebody to go do this. Else. I don't want to do this. Yeah. You know, and you think about, you think about over history, and let's go back to Dr. King. Yeah. He was not the only guy that saw the problem. Hmm. He was not the only one that saw the difficulty. But he's the one that persevered through the obstacles yeah. and, and paid the ultimate price uh, with his own life. He's the one that persevered through all the difficulty because something inside of him was so driven by vision and passion, which was the other part of the weekend. Yeah. I think we've lost our vision and passion. I, I think we've lost our vision for heaven. We've lost our vision for the reality of hell. 
Wow. Uh, we've lost our passion for the things of God as church people. Hmm. And I think we have to return to that. And I think that's what the cry was from the prophet Isaiah. You know, if if you read Isaiah 1 through 5, Israel had fallen away. Hmm. In chapter 2, he tried to pull them back in. Try. In chapter 5, he said, hey, this is not good. There's darkness around us. There's a cloud of darkness among us. And I would say that today in our world, there's a cloud of darkness over us as people, mm. over mankind. And then chapter 6 is the, is the revival where he encounters God in the temple and he realizes how unclean he is, mm. how imperfect he is. And so I think when you look at the church and why we're lukewarm, I think it's a combination of we're waiting for somebody else to move. I also think we're, we're, we've lost our vision and passion. And um, wow. and then I think our needs are so well met as a people. Yeah. You know, if you've ever traveled the world, you see great faith in foreign countries. You do. Uh, America has been a very prosperous nation in many respects, mm. in particular economically and, yeah. and in our sciences and education and many other areas. But we have still failed to figure out how to love our neighbors ourselves. We've still failed to figure out how to value human life. Um, I mean, last year in the world, there was over 42 million abortions. Uh, no one's talking about that. We yeah. are discussing the one and a half million COVID cases, which is horrific. But what about the 42 million abortions? Mm. We've kind of lost that conversation because it doesn't really matter anymore. It's not at the front of the market dialogue. We've got to go back to the place in which human life is the highest value. Yeah. And that's true whether you're in the womb or in the streets. Uh, we've got to value life, whether it's a you know uh, six month you know term in the womb pregnancy, hmm. or a sixteen year old boy, or a sixty year old man. Yeah, human life has got to be a resurgence in our passion, and I think that's part of our 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 lethargy or our lukewarmness. We're not valuing what God values, hmm. and God values humanity. God he loves does. people, um, and so I, I could rant on that, but. Um, <laughs> I think that's part of the reason we're kind of lukewarm. Yeah. And that's crazy because you talked about uh, the complacent church is the devil's delight. He loves it. Um, and he's okay with you going to church. He's okay with you doing the the mundane thing. But if you are complacent, you lose sight of what you were talking about, vision and passion. And I want you to go more in detail with that, um, with vision and passion, because sometimes we get like a skewed um I guess, like view of that. Um, and I wanted you to go deeper in vision and passion. Also, I want to ask you, how do we identify those things that is hindering us from experiencing vision and passion? Because ultimately, those are things that lead us to revival. So I wanted to ask you, um, as we're talking about it's time for revival, um, shout out, you need to be here at Revival this week, um, starting Wednesday, going all the way to Sunday. Um, but how uh, do we kind of identify those things that is hindering us from that? Well, I think I think passion has to come from a greater sense of purpose. Mm. You know, when you see, I, I think when you see the world as God sees the world, mm -hmm. that has to stir in you some passion for a change. Vision comes from seeing God as who God is and seeing ourselves as who we are. And that's what Isaiah went through. Isaiah began to see himself different once he saw God. I wow. think we have fallen in the grave trap of comparing ourselves to each other and and, and we and we give ourselves a pass uh, mm -hmm. if we're just better than the, than the next guy. If I yep. can be just a little bit better than you, then I'm pretty good. But the reality is, we all measure up to Christ. So mm -hmm. I think that passion comes when you have a sense of purpose. 
Um, I, I can I can tell you, even as a pastor, I'm a guy that's operating way outside my comfort zone. I I you know me personally, and and you know as the man, husband, father, I just as soon be on dates with my wife and 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 uh, and hunt deer. Uh, I honestly, I, I, I just soon go to the gym and lift. I would just soon put earphones in. So and, you do lift weights. Yes, I do. Oh, um, I, I, I would just assume that, but I have a sense in me yeah. that this world is not the thing is not what God wants it to be. And that mm-hmm. drives me and that drives my passion. That's what gets me up in the morning. And that's why I, I engage in the word teaching. That's why I study. That's why I spend my time in prayer I've got a passion because I see things that are not how they're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what drives people to passion. You see something wrong and it, and, and it speaks into your heart at some level. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the Holy Spirit does that. And then we have to have a renewed vision. And so I think those two things right there kind of are, are how we've gotten here. But the renewed vision comes from seeing God differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't see God as a, as a rule tyrant. I see God as a loving father. Mm-hmm. I see God as a God that's up there in heaven and cheering for us to yeah. to to embrace his goodness. I mean, before sin ever came in, God gave mankind a tremendous amount of blessing and goodness. Mm. Look at this whole garden. This is all yours. Do what you want yeah. with it. This is for you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to talk with you. We're going to be together. This whole place, have at it. This is yours. Just don't do one thing. And they did the one thing, and yeah. here we are. So um, I think a renewed vision and passion comes from, you know, sense of purpose, and then a sense of seeing God. Wow. Both of those things are inward things. And you talked about revival. It's not outside. Mm-hmm. It's inside. Um, and when we experience revival, there are three main things that need to happen. That's the clearing, the cleansing, and conviction. And all those things happen inside. Um, so I want you to go more in detail with that. And how do we allow these things to happen inside of us? How do we allow on God to clear us, to cleanse us, and to bring conviction into our life? Well, the clearing begins with just some choices. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I choose to make room for God or not. Um, you know, years ago when when I was not as healthy as I needed to be, I was talking to a guy, I was complaining about my lack of availability to go to the gym. Yeah. And he just kept saying, we all set our own schedule, don't we? And I just kept coming back with excuses and reasons and this or that. And it just about the 10th time he said that phrase, we all set our own schedule, don't we? It hit me. My issue is not anything else but me. And I had not made room for something in my life. And people that don't have time or room for God, there's not a reason for it. It is just a reality that they've accepted that they're going to just box God out of their other time slots. I mean, wow. we all have 24-7 in a day. Uh, the guy that works two jobs and goes to school, the guy, the, the mom that's a single mom that raises three kids and goes to school and works a job, we all got the same calendars. We all have the same days in the year. We all have the same days in the week. We all have the same hours in the day. Yeah, It's just how we choose to use those things. Mm. And we have to prioritize that, and we have to clear some things off our table and you think about the world today. I mean, we spend how many hours a day on our cell phones? We spend, it's you know, we spend, um, I, I think the average pickup on the cell phone or the av- average time of touching your phone a day, according to, um, I think it's called uh, somethinginc.com, is about 4,000 times a day you actually touch your phone. I think about that. So, I mean, it's just, just touching it. And then often you pick it up and you look at it. And people that spend six, seven hours a day on their cell phone. It's scary. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And, and it, there's people that wake up in the night. One in four grown adults wake up in the night and check their cell phone. 
Um, I began a habit years ago. I, I turn my phone off about seven o'clock at night, put on airplane mode, wow. lay it down and don't pick up till my alarm goes off at six. I need to do that. And I'm like, I'm out. Yeah. And if the world blows up, I'll find out in the morning, <laughs> you know, because otherwise it just draws on you. It pulls it on you. If, if my wife and my kids are home, the things I'm responsible for, the things I care about most are looking right at me. Phone's going away. Hmm. Because nothing outside this room matters to me that much right now, and I got to get my brain back, my my mental capacity. Wow. So you got to clear the, the the clear the calendar, clear the palate. Um, I use an analogy like this: if you've ever smelled lots of perfume or cologne, it all starts smelling the same. It does. So they'll give you coffee beans to sniff, right? And the coffee beans are the great reset. Well, our world today all gets conglomerated together. It's all one big thing. I mean, we've we've merged together our shopping. Our, our grocery buying, our retail, all this yeah. stuff into one deal, one-stop shop. Yeah. And before you know it, it's just all blended together. Well, it is. put the coffee beans in your life, <laughs> get a reset, and let's clear some space for God. And you got to have that clearing out. Wow. Um, and then you got to have a cleansing, which is the, the Holy Spirit working inside of you. You know, Isaiah, mm. he began to realize how, how unclean he was. And again, I think everybody's looking for somebody else to get right with God. Mm. And I'm like, why don't... I just get right with God. Why don't, yeah. I mean, each, if, if each of us took an eye approach in this conversation, I, I'm not wow. as worried about your salvation as my own. I'm not as concerned about your purity as mine. How do I move into a deeper walk with God myself? Mm. Quit point for someone else to get better. It's easy to do I, that. I, I, think about, I think about back to Dr. King's uh, passion for racial equality. Mm. I can't fix the world, but I can make sure I'm living right. Yep. I, I can't speak for every white man on the planet, hmm. but I can speak for me. Wow. I can't speak for every political force and platform out there, but I can speak for my life and I can be purposeful. I can be intentional. I can be, I can be the most um, uh, committed person that I know to the idea of human equality. Hmm. I can't talk about everybody else anymore. I, I think our world spends way too much time speaking for people and not speaking from our own hearts. Hmm. And so... I need to have a cleansing in me. And that's all the time because this world's dirty. This world's messy. It's ugly. It's evil. It's hurtful. It's painful. It's not fair. It's a lot of things that God never wanted because of sin. Yeah. And I need to take a Holy Spirit bath on a regular basis <laughs> and let yeah. the Spirit of God just saturate me, Amen. cleanse me, my thoughts, my heart. Um, you know, it's easy in life to become bitter. It's easy in life to become hurt. It's easy in life to become hateful. Mm. And that all happens if you don't get in the, the spiritual bathtub on occasion and go, I need washed. Right. Because I've had a long day of reading lots of stupid stuff. <laughs> and I need Social to get my, my palate cleaned off. And then I think we have to come to a place of, of conviction. In mm. our world today um, that we live in, I don't know if we even know what conviction is. Mm. Uh, convictions don't change with the platform you're standing on. Uh, convictions are consistent. Wow. Uh, convictions don't vacillate. Hmm. Convictions are things you're prepared to die for and things you believe on. And the challenge you have is, is that our verbiage and our convictions are so far apart. We say in the world today what would get us the most attention, hmm. but we're not speaking from conviction. We're speaking from an issue or, or from a point of convenience because it draws the masses to me. And I think the church has got to be place a place filled people of deep conviction who are prepared to pay a price. Again, I don't know to what degree Dr. King knew his fate. I don't have any knowledge of his knowledge of that. 
But I would suggest at some point, given the threats he dealt with and mm-hmm. given the antagonism uh, he dealt with on a regular basis, I think at some point he had a deep conviction that this could cost him. Yep. And he didn't quit. And he didn't, he didn't waver. And he did it Kept going. with a deep conviction. That's the difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of folks stand today and they want to be on God's team from the back of the, of the dodgeball court. You know, but we're looking for frontline people. Get up on the front line and stand for God. Stand for God in the marketplace. Stand for God in the schoolhouse. Yeah. Stand for God in the courthouse. Stand for God in the legislative house. Stand for God in places where people aren't standing for God. And now you have conviction. Because it's it's so easy to say, I stand for God when it's no consequence. Absolutely. It's like, hey, I love God, but don't test me in anything, <laughs> you know? Um, so having that deep conviction, and you talked about the three Hebrew boys, um, when they knew, they knew the fate. Yeah. And they said, I'm going to stand for God anyway. I'm not going to bow. Um, and having that conviction, that's when revival comes. Um, and I'm excited for revival this week. It's going to be great. Uh, we have a great time. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, so if you haven't seen It's Time for Revival, this message from um, this past Sunday, hey, go and subscribe to our YouTube channel because this is all the time that we have. Uh, and I have been honored to sit um, and talk with you today. But hey, if you are not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe. Um, you'll have sermons. Um, and you'll have the podcast every single week. So I'm so excited that you came uh, and joined us today. God bless you, and we'll see you back here soon. Bye.